Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. So a lot of what I'm going to talk about today, a lot of you already know, um, but I'm just going to ask the Lord today in prayer that, um, Father God, we just ask you today that you would send your Holy Spirit in this place and that you would just refresh us and renew the things that we know about you and the things, the revelation that maybe we don't know about you, that you would just reveal it to us today in our hearts and mind. And then, Lord, that you would just um, give me the words from from the heavenly place, Lord, to give that revelation, that wisdom, and to release what you want to say today. And I just thank you for it in advance, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So it was funny because... Lottie was talking earlier about how he didn't even get up yet, and the Holy Spirit was talking to him, and I, I kind of got the same thing this morning. He was talking to me um, and saying, I want you to say this, and I want you to say that, and uh, you know, I want you to change this, and it's just glorious walking in the Holy Spirit because <laughs> it gives you, gives you what you need, and you don't have to, like that burden, that song about lift the burden, you don't need it. I mean, you got everything you need if you got Holy Spirit, Right. So um, let's go to the next screen here. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, some things before I talk about the Holy Spirit, Um, just something that the Lord put on my heart about the kingdom age of the church that's upon us right now. Um, According to the prophets, it's been confirmed by what we see and what we hear from the Holy Spirit that this last year we've had to really search out truth. And the false prophets have been shouting as well, and it's been... It's been a real challenge to discern all the voices that we hear over the Lord's. And I want to talk a little bit about what the Lord's been showing me about that. So what does kingdom age or error mean? That was one of my questions to the Lord. I, I knew Jesus taught a lot about the kingdom of God while he was here on earth. And we know when Jesus came to the earth, he said in Luke 17, 21, he said, For behold, the kingdom of God is within you, in your hearts, and amongst you, surrounding you. Meaning that the kingdom started with Jesus and was given to us through him. And so as we look at the life of Jesus who walked in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, because though he was God, he was also man on earth. However, he walked in power and anointing, healing the sick and performing many miracles. And then Jesus went to heaven after he died and on, he died on the cross, but then rose in three days to be seated on the right-hand side of the Father, which then allowed him to send the promised one to us, the Holy Spirit, that was sent from the holies of holies to each of us so that we could walk in power, anointing, and the knowledge of Jesus Christ on earth as it is in heaven. And our assignment in the earth is to continue what Jesus demonstrated and taught, to plant the seed of Christ who lives in us on good ground and watch it grow and expand, and to cultivate that kingdom in all the earth, to expand the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is 
and what he did for us and who we are in him. Habakkuk 2.14 says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I mean, that's a lot of glory, right? And so I was kind of asking the Lord, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? And um, so he, now that we're talking about the kingdom age, you know, what is so different about kingdom age and this glory? And I just had a lot of questions to the Lord about it. Because um, we've been forced to stop and look and wake up and come out of our slumbers and our perches on church pew seats. And, and the Lord's certainly gotten my attention, I know that. <laughs> the Lord's purpose, I believe, is to awaken the sleep in church, to establish truth from lies in all the mountains of society, and to have people choose light instead of darkness, and for the remnant to establish its true purpose in the kingdom in the world, to bring the knowledge of the glory of the Lord to all the earth. All very serious issues, don't you think? Church, I don't believe we are about to be raptured into heaven. <laughs> It seems about every 10 to 20 years someone proclaims that the end is here and that we, the church, should prepare to be raptured up. And I believe right now, even though things look very evil and dark, we still have a lot of work to do. We have too many people that need to know the glory of the Lord and his salvation before we disappear into heaven. I believe this is a more relevant verse for the church at this time. It's Isaiah 60, 1 through 3. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is, up, is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and the deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. I mean, that's us, church. I believe the Lord is saying to us that even though it's dark and evil times we see, if we faint not and we see his reward on the earth, we'll see his reward on the earth as it is in heaven. Uh, Matthew 6, 3 says, seek first the kingdom of God and the rest will be added to you. So we're seeking his kingdom first and then the rest will be added. The good news is that this purpose is to accomplish a huge feat a huge harvest of souls is coming. I believe dreams that Jesus has given us all for years is about to come true. Um, not by power, not by our might, but by the Spirit of the Lord. And let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right, for in due season we shall reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint not. So, let's see again. I think I have a next screen here. Three keys. Three keys to know the times. This is what the Lord showed me when I asked him all these questions. He said, first, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets and you shall prosper. Amen. Or Second Chronicles, that's Second Chronicles 2030. And then um, Amos 3.7 pretty much says the same thing. Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, his prophets. So we need to be listening to the prophets, right? Two, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you in all truth, full and complete truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears. 
from the Father, the message regarding the Son, and he will disclose to you what is to come in the future. That's John 16, 13. So the Holy Spirit has a part in telling you what, uh, what's, what's, what are the times, what is going on, what, what is the purpose, what are we doing here? And then, of course, we have the Word of God, we have the Bible. So those are three things that you can turn to to know, is this end times? Or is God really doing something magnificent right now? And then how do I prepare for that? Um, therefore, you know, it's just not studying the Bible alone that tells us the timing of things. We also need the Holy Spirit, and we need to hear from the prophets. A shift into kingdom age, is, is its glory is upon us, according to the prophets. And as we seek the Holy Spirit, and the word is illuminated in us, and we can be assured of what is coming. Compared to the world, it's a very serious, it's a very different narrative. But that's why the Lord said, those who seek spiritual things hear the mysteries of the kingdom. That's why he spoke in parables, so that the spirit could discern truth. So this is the scripture that I have that goes with that. To you, it has been given to know the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has spiritual knowledge, to him will more be given, and he will be furnished richly so that he will have abundance. But from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. That's Matthew 13, 11 through 12. So what is this glory of the Lord that he's promised? The prophets call it a great awakening that will cover the earth. And how shall we prepare? Well, this darkness and evil we are currently experiencing is preparation. But I also believe the birth pains of what God's doing in us for the new kingdom age of the new age of, king, of the kingdom. Um, I also feel that the birth pains, I'm just saying I'm feeling those, like <laughs> something's happening here. And so what are we contending for? It's big. It's for the souls of many people to come in the kingdom of God. And this should and will and is causing a shift in the church. It's not about our little programs or our agendas, but it's about the souls of the world. But it's also about us and our transformation. I'm, I'm sure our Lord has a whole list of things for us to search out, but one obvious thing, obvious thing he has shown me and many others is to prepare by searching out his face. I suspect the Lord has some things to tell us, to show us, and to do inside us. Amen? Amen. I mean, I still haven't seen the church walk in the greater works. Have you? <laughs> and I'm so looking forward to that prophecy coming to pass. In the past, I've had visions of stadiums of people coming under the power of the Holy Spirit and, yes, being saved and slain in the Spirit. Our Lord is and has been preparing us all for such a time as this, church. If we dare to look ahead, we can certainly enjoy, uh, endure enjoy what we see now. Although we have a part in the now of warring for the souls of the world, we can also look ahead at the purpose, the goal. Look ahead, church, and faint not. For we will reap a reward. We will walk by faith and not by sight.
not by power, not by might, but by the Spirit of the Lord. So today I'm going to talk about the importance of seeking out the Holy Spirit, his presence, his gifts, his help, and why that's so important for advancing the kingdom at this time. We need the supernatural power of God. Amen? Who is the Holy Spirit and how does he help us? This is my focus today. This next phase into revival awakening demands that we know him. It is imperative that we are prepared to partner with the precious gifts given from our Lord and Savior through the Holy Spirit. And I encourage a continued study to seek out what you learn or are reminded of today about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. Our God is three in one, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, Jesus, and the Spirit of God. And the Trinity often edifies each other and step into one another as they are one, yet they are each different in person. It is the mystery of God. God is three in one. But they are in agreement with each other. And, they, and the Father continually points to the Son, and the Son continually glorifies and looks to the Father, and the Holy Spirit continually points to us to Jesus Christ and his finished work of the cross like a three-cord rope. They are three in one, edifying and glorifying each other, thus making their union powerful. And in the beginning, the Holy Spirit was there moving and hovering over the face of the earth. Holy Spirit was there with God forming the earth. That's in Genesis 1.22. Jesus says he would send the Holy Spirit and he would point them to him. He would point you to him. So John 15, 26 says, I will send you the divine encourager from the very presence of my Father. He will come to you, the spirit of truth emanating from the Father, and he, the Holy Spirit, will speak truth about me, about Jesus, and will point you towards him. So Holy Spirit is always edifying and magnifying Jesus. He is always pointing you towards him. So when we're asking for the presence of the Holy Spirit, that's what's happening. We, we have the presence of Jesus with us through the Holy Spirit, but he's also magnifying Jesus at the same time. So yes, you will receive power when you have the Holy Spirit. Symbols of the Holy Spirit. Well, this is kind of what Holy Spirit was waking me up about this morning. He says, remember this? I'm like, okay. So the first one is the dove. Um, gentleness, innocence, pure. Um, gave me a scripture for that. Matthew 3, 16, 17. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. So we know Holy Spirit because we know him as being gentle. Okay, I've heard a lot of people, when they pray to the Holy Spirit, they realize they have to ask him. They, they inquire of him. They... Um, he's such a gentleman, he will not bust into your life and, and make you do things. He's a gentleman. He has to be asked. And that's part of 
the gentleness of a dove. Um, the next one on there is wind, refreshing and energizing, strong, but yet un uncontrollable. Um, I don't know if I have a scripture for that one, but, um, you know, we know him by that because we, we know he's a rushing wind, just like an ax, how it talked about he came in like a rushing wind in the upper room. And so that is, you know, and uh, he can be a dove, but yet he can be strong and he can be powerful. Um, so it's kind of like that. I mean, he does represent Jesus. So Jesus is a lamb, a lion and a lamb. And the Holy Spirit's the same because he is the spirit of the Lord. So he does have that sense of being very strong. And then fire, purging, healing, and deliverance. Fire is like, it's like a light that's turned on and it drives out darkness and illuminates the light of Jesus Christ and it transforms you as it points you to the word, okay? So the fire is, or yeah, it's like purging things out. It's burning up all that's not of God. It's healing you. Um, it's delivering you, but it's also illuminating and, and transforming, okay? So it's doing a multi multiple of things, but they're all wonderful and good <laughs> and um, beautiful as he takes out the old and brings in the light. And then you become this person. You don't even know who you are because that's what transformation does. And, and then he's like water. And it's funny you mentioned that he showed you as being water, and And I thought that was really cool because that's one of the things he told me this morning about water. He gave me, and I, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute, but thirst quenching, receiving. What he showed me this morning is that he was, remember um, the woman at the well? And she was getting water, and he said, how would you like to have water that you will never be thirsty again? And that's what he was, she, he was giving her the Holy Spirit. He was giving her that, uh, you know, water that would just quench any thirst that she would ever have again. And so that's what the Holy Spirit does. He is like living water in us and through us. Um, and then oil, lubricating and fuel for healing. And if you think about fuel, what happens when the fire lights it? It ignites, right? And, and then it's like a fire starter, right? And that's why we use oil, literally, why we use oil when we pray over you, because it, is, it, it just ignites the Holy Spirit. That's what it's doing. And the holy oil brings God's presence, which is the Holy Spirit. The presence is the Holy Spirit. And that's what we crave. We crave to be in his presence. We crave the presence of the Holy Spirit, because it is the spirit of our living God, okay? It's the spirit of Jesus. They're all one. So that's why we crave it. Um, and then the wine. 
Um, like new wine, celebration of new. Um, like new season, like new gifts, new assignments, new mantles. Okay, those are the new wines that the Lord, I mean, if you think about in the Bible when he changed the water to wine, I mean, he did something new that they never saw before. And what was that? It was a miracle. Okay, so that wine represents new things that he wants to give you continually. He has mantles for you. He has assignments for you. He has things, gifts, you know, power, love, joy. He has so many things for you. You, it'll make your mind spin. It makes my mind spin sometimes when I see all the things that he gives me on a regular basis. Okay, so we can move on to the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. There we go. Okay, so I can't read all of those from up from here, so I'm going to use my little cheat sheet up here. So the first one is gentleness. Gentleman. He is a gentleman. Tender, innocent, mild, peace, pure, patient, not religious, brings liberty and truth. Okay? So he's a gentleman. I, I talked a little bit about that earlier. And he convicts and convinces the world about sin and righteousness and judgment. Okay, so... John 16, 8 says, and when he comes, he will convict and convince the world and bring demonstration to it about sin and righteousness, uprighteousness of their heart and right standing with God and about judgment. So Holy Spirit does not condemn, but he convicts us. Condemn means to express complete disapproval of or sentence to punishment. He doesn't do that. But he does convict, which means to show as a lawbreaker to be found guilty of sin, and to be made aware of your behavior. So that's what he's doing when he's convicting you. Okay. The light from the Holy Spirit is what transforms you into the likeness of Christ. Holy Spirit shines in the dark places of your heart and convicts us of sin. Holy Spirit is the lamp to illuminate God's word, and he teaches what is good and true. Okay, 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 16 are good verses to study about the Holy Spirit. So if you want to write down something to study, I didn't want to write it all out because it's a lot. But it's a really good section, 16 through, or 6 through 16, uh, 1 Corinthians 2. It goes into a lot of about the Holy Spirit, who he is, what he does. It's really, it's very good. But I'm just going to use verse 10 right now, and it says, Yet God has unveiled them, unveiled to them, by and through the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything. So the Holy Spirit is looking at all the details in us. He sees it. You can try to hide, but the Holy Spirit sees it. It's been unveiled to him, you know, 
So he can see it and he can help you with it. He's the only one that really truly knows the depth of who you are because he is part of your spirit. He's part of your spirit man. Um, but as I said earlier, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman and he will not force you to give up your sin, but he will help transform you if you allow him, if you ask him. We don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit by denying or ignoring sins brought forth by his light. The definition of grieving means to make sad or sorrowful. It means to cause sorrow, pain, or distress. We grieve the Holy Spirit when we make excuses for sin. So we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. You know, there's other things that grieve him, um, but that was the main one I wanted to talk about is when he brings something up and you ignore it or you pretend like it's not a big deal, then that's what grieves him. Um, and then, uh, I think that's still part of this. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is what I wanted to talk about next. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit is the evidence that the finished work of Christ has been accomplished and completed in you through the Holy Spirit. So those things, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, include love, joy, laughter, joy, peace, patience, um, even temper, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, humility, and self-control. If Holy Spirit is allowed to be your helper and teacher, these are the fruits that, you will, man that will manifest in you. It is a serious manner that we allow this finished work of Christ to be accomplished in us. It, is literally, it literally helps distinguish between someone who walks with truth and light of Christ and those who do not. However, <laughs> this is a process. And allowing the Holy Spirit's help and teaching will accomplish the finished work of Christ to manifest in life. Then joy, peace, and love will be your reward. And this fruit is necessary for the harvest of souls. I mean, without love, <laughs> you know, just like in the scripture, it says we're just a sounding gong. In other words, we're nothing. So these fruits of the Spirit, they're a necessary part of your, of your walk in Christ. And they should be evident to other people if, you, if you've done the finished work. They should see those things and, and you should manifest them. Okay? The Holy Spirit enables a variety of gifts, powers, signs, and wonders. This is one of the really cool things that the Holy Spirit does. All kind, like, I mean, really what Jesus was doing at the well was he was prophesying. Okay, so those are some of the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. You know, even Peter denied Christ three times, but after receiving the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, he received the power of the Holy Spirit, and he saw fire descend on them, and then 3,000 people came into a personal relationship with Christ Jesus. And flames of fire were received in the upper room, and part of that power was courage. It makes you brave. It burns fear out of you. That's part of the purging. The fear's got to go. And they started to speak in foreign tongues, and people from all different countries heard the, the gospel. And I do believe that the fire of the Holy Spirit's coming for everyone. That's part of what the glory is. I believe the glory is the Holy Spirit. And I believe it will be seen and or heard as it ascends on people, and it will transform them, some immediately. And it will give us power and make us fearless. 
And just as in Jesus' time, we will be seen doing miracle signs and wonders. And the greater things, like we've been promised, of Christ will be released in his people at this time. Are you ready? Are you ready? John 14, 12 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Holy Spirit is the power in you that enables the supernatural thing to happen on earth as it is in heaven. Make no mistake, Holy Spirit is the power and the fire of God as on the day of Pentecost. He's not to be feared, though he comes only when welcomed, as he is a gentleman, he's a lamb. However, he is both the lion and the lamb, as he is the spirit of the Lord. As a comforter and healer, he is a restorer of God's children. He heals us physically, internally, in our souls, including our emotions, our will, and our mind. In fact, Holy Spirit prefers to heal from the inside out. Physical issues are often the results of internal issues, such as fear, anxiety, bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, etc. Holy Spirit can deliver us and heal us so we can be whole. Holy Spirit is our intercessor. Romans 8.26 says, In the same way the Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weakness, we do not know what to pray to offer or how to offer it as we should, but the Holy Spirit knows, himself knows our need at the right time, and he intercedes on our behalf with signs and groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts of men knows that in the, that in the mind of the Holy Spirit what his intent is because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God on behalf of God's people in accordance with and in harmony with God's will. So Holy Spirit knows our spirit, and he knows what we need, and he intercedes for us. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? I mean, he talks to God for us and prays when we don't know what to pray. He prays for us. So I got a lot out of that passage anyway. <laughs> um, you know, this prayer is done as we pray in the spirit using our Holy Spirit language to help us with our prayers when we don't know what we need or what to pray for. Glory to God for the helper, right? The Holy Spirit. I mean, we have a way to pray when we don't know what to pray. It's amazing. So Holy Spirit is omnipresent. That means he's everywhere. He's omnipotent, all-powerful. He's omniscient, all-knowing. He's known as the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord Jehovah, the Spirit of the living God. He is God's presence. He is also the Spirit of truth. He's not going to tell you anything that's not true. He will tell you the truth, sometime blatantly tell you the truth. But we can't walk in denial if we have the Holy Spirit. Not going to happen. Holy Spirit is our advocate, meaning to support or recommend. It actually is a Latin word from the courtroom, and it means to add a voice of support to a cause. So Holy Spirit is like your lawyer. I like that, don't you? Do you see a lawyer uh, advocate in a courtroom being both gentle, yet often fierce <laughs> when necessary? That is the Holy Spirit, and we need him as much today as ever. 
And the Holy Spirit reminded me recently of a, a nickname given to Apostle Stephanie by several of our church members. They call her a cliff pusher. And Holy Spirit said to me, where do you think they got the name from, he said. And they, he said, they got it from me. And because Apostle Stephanie has been transformed and follows the leading of the Holy Spirit, trust me, the Holy Spirit is no pushover. Just like a St uh, Apostle Stephanie, the Holy Spirit will encourage you to do the challenging things, to be brave, to do it even when you're scared. All right? I know this to be true because the Holy Spirit has taken me into some very uncomfortable, uncomfortable situations. I would pray for ease or to be removed from the difficult situation, but no. Instead, the Holy Spirit would walk me through it. Why, I would say. Running from it will accomplish nothing. I mean, what happened when the prophets of the Bible went and ran and hid in caves? I mean, eventually they had to come back and face the things anyway, right? Because we are warriors, just like our King Jesus. We have we have in us to persevere and be brave. Holy Spirit certainly helps make it possible for you to walk through any storm. We grow when we walk in it out, and we also become stronger. It's not always fun, but we learn our faith grows, and we see the good that comes through it. We become victorious through it and through the storm, and next time, it'll be easier, or maybe not even phase us. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, I know for me it, came, it became easier. Psalms 23 says, Though I walk through the valley of death, you are with me. You prepare a table before me. My cup overflows. If Holy Spirit is with us, how can we fail? If Holy Spirit is with us, who is against us? No one. Why is the devil so intimidated by the Holy Spirit? Hmm. Why are there so many controversies in the church about him? Well, we know the enemy tries to imitate everything of God. And we know this as Jesus warns us, and that's why we need to know the voice of truth. We need to know the Holy Spirit. Another name for the Holy Spirit is voice of truth. We don't want to be deceived. The word says we are destroyed by a lack of knowledge. What knowledge? what the word says about who the Lord really is. So as I said earlier, if the Holy Spirit is not edifying Jesus, is he really the Holy Spirit? No, because the Holy Spirit will always edify Jesus and who Jesus is. That's how you tell the voice of truth from the voice of the liar, the enemy. Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Lord, so his voice will always align with the Word of God, too. Um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for all who ask, and it shall come to pass in the last days. God declares that I will pour out my Spirit upon all mankind, and the Lord wants all, all to walk in his Spirit and to walk as priests and kings or queens wherever they go to be salt and light to the world. The enemy tries to confuse and lie to us, trying to convince the church that we don't need the Holy Spirit and his free gifts in us anymore. The church has a lot to say about the role of the Holy Spirit, 
There has been a lot of controversy about the doctrine pertaining to the Holy Spirit. Is there any wonder, look at the power and the gift of the Lord that the Lord has sent us. We can be filled with the same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead and started speaking in his language and start speaking in his language and literally walk like we are full of the power of, of Jesus. And we might then convert thousands to the kingdom in a single meeting, like an axe. Yeah. Or we might raise a few hundred from the dead in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm starting to get excited. <laughs> Greater works. This is why division and controversy about Holy Spirit has been around since the beginning of time, still today. Issues like speaking in tongues or continuation of miracles and signs or being slain in the Spirit. Yet, Holy Spirit is a gentleman, but he is also like the wind, uncontrollable. He often moves and directs us in unusual or uncomfortable ways that show power or force. And some might think that Holy Spirit would be less aggressive, I guess. But that's just not true. This is how I know. I look to Jesus, and I look at the word, and it says they take the kingdom by force. And yes, Jesus was gentle like a lamb, but he is also a lion. Jesus loved the little children and would not allow them to be held back. Yet he cast out devils. During Pentecost, the Holy Spirit entered into the room like a mighty rushing wind, and they saw fire on each of them. Acts 2, 2, 2, 2 through 3, which says, When suddenly there what came that, I mentioned this early, came a sound from heaven like a rush of a violent tempest blast, and it filled the whole house in which they were sitting, and there appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which were separated and distributed and which settled on each one of them. So this group of 120 people could have decided this sound was too weird or scary and run for cover. But instead, they trusted that this is what they were waiting for and received it by faith. We all know that happened at what happened afterwards. They received power and the language of the Holy Spirit and started speaking in other languages that outsiders could hear and understand. And there were 3,000 new believers that day. Now, the, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have been hearing for some time that the glory of the Lord is coming. Well, what does that mean pertaining to the Holy Spirit? Well, we don't want to be deceived, but we know the Holy Spirit represents the power and the might of our Savior. Jesus was said to walk in glory. Well, what, does, what, what did we see him doing? Miracles, signs, and wonders. That's the glory of the presence of God that is coming. And we're going to see that on a regular basis. Not just once in a while. We are going to see it all over the place. And we need to accomplish the kingdom work while we are still here on earth. We need the Lord's glory to fall to accomplish this work. The glory comes from walking in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Although we give all of the glory to God for it, we need to be the salt and light of, the, of that glory in the world. 1 Corinthians 11, 7 through 8, But to him, to each one is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the evidence, the spiritual illumination of the Spirit for good and profit. I put that in there because I want, I want you to know not everybody's going to look the same. Not everybody has the same gifts. 
Everybody has different things. That's why we need the arm and the legs and, and the feet of the body because everyone has a different gift and they work together and they are powerful. Just like the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit together are power, the body together is power. This, the gifts of the Holy Spirit enable us to give supernatural power and abilities to a believer that enable us to fulfill our calling more effectively. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11.4, now there are distinctive varieties of gifts. It's kind of the same one I was talking about. And distributions of endowments, gifts, and extraordinary powers distinguishing certain Christians due to divine grace operating in their souls by the Holy Spirit. And they vary, but the Holy Spirit remains the same. Uh, let's see. The one... Thing. I wanted to um, really point out was 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 2. It says, eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim, your greatest quest, and earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy, interpret the divine will and purpose in inspired preaching and teaching. We need, God, we need to seek out not just the gifts, so we need to seek out God's love. God's love is the most important gift that we can have, the, the love of God, the love of man. That's what makes our gifts profound, is having the love of God and the love of man within us. And that only comes from the Lord. I mean, we can try our best, but Holy Spirit... <laughs> Is much better. <laughs> He's much better at helping us with that. So we need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The power of the helper comes through receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Right? In Luke 3.16, John answered them all by saying, I baptize you with water. So we get baptized by water. But he who is mightier, the strap of whose sandals I am not fit to fasten, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So we need Water and Holy Spirit. The scripture tells us to be baptized by water and by the Holy Spirit. Um, Acts 19.6, and, and Paul laid hands upon them, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in foreign tongues, languages, and prophesied. So sometimes it does take somebody laying a hands on you. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the Holy Spirit just comes. Acts 2.4, and they were all filled, diffused throughout their souls with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other different languages, tongues, as the Spirit get, kept giving them clear and loud expression in each tongue in appropriate words. For they heard them talking in unknown tongues, languages, and extolling and magnifying God. Okay. So I think this is my last screen here. Okay, so six keys to activate and pursue the Holy Spirit in your life. So these are six keys that I feel are really important for you to walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. First, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit evidenced by speaking in tongues. Second, pursue the finished work of Christ to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Love, 
joy, gladness, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, and self-control or restraint. That's in Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Third, practice speaking and praying in tongues regularly to edify your spiritual life and to help you hear from the Lord. Okay, he will download to you because you're talking through the Holy Spirit to God and he does respond. Four, ask Holy Spirit to fill, fill you daily. John 7, 30, uh, 7, verse 38 says, From his innermost being shall flow continuously springs and rivers of living water. Okay, so this is not a, just a one-time thing. Continuously. It's that water I mean, how often do you drink water? Do you just drink it once in a while? You have to drink it continuously, right? The Holy Spirit's the same way. you got to drink him up every day, or you won't walk in the power, in the, in the uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Number five, seek the Holy Spirit to be your advocate, your intercessor, your helper, your comforter, your counselor, your strengthener. I mean, we were singing a song today about strengthening, right? I mean, Isaiah 40 talks about, you know, change and renew my power and strengthen you, Lord, so I can run and not be weary and walk and not be faint. That's how he strengthens us. And he actually gives me the laughs because he is joy. The Holy Spirit is joy. And that's how I get my strength. I feel it just come up in me, in my spirit man and fill up and he's also standby which means he stands by you in accordance with Jesus um, in directing and leading you to Jesus so who is Jesus that's what he tells you and what would Jesus do that's another thing he will let you know um, six key pursue and actively desire and practice the gifts of the spirit as outlined in first Corinthians Corinthians 12 through 13 example would be like a gift of wisdom, word of knowledge, wonder-working faith, powers of healing, prophetic insight, love of God and man. Those are all gifts of the Holy Spirit. Pursue them. This is the one thing that the Holy Spirit tells us to actively do is to pursue the gifts. We can pursue them. Like if you want a gift of knowledge, you can pursue that. He wants us to have those gifts. So that is a permission to pursue. And so it says, for our weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrowing and destruction of strongholds. We need the Holy Spirit because that's our weapon. He is our weapon. I mean, if you think of the sword of the Spirit, that's the only weapon you're carrying in your armor. You got a sword of the spirit and the word of God. They are both. Both of them are your, are your weapon. So they're powerful. And they are supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. And they must be continually renewed. Okay, so now I'm going to do the activation part. <laughs> so this is where we practice what we just taught, was just taught. And I'd like everyone to, to stand up. 
and I want you to touch the shoulder of somebody next to you or the arm or just touch somebody next to you. It's important sometimes that we have that touch to, to receive from the Holy Spirit. Okay, music. Okay, so I'm going to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, for the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the filling of the Holy Spirit on you. And some of you already are baptized in the Holy Spirit, but as I mentioned earlier, we should continually be filled with the Holy Spirit's living water as this refreshes and renews you. And if you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this is a time to receive your prayer language. Sometimes this does not come in the form of, sometimes it does come in the form of laughter. Because Holy Spirit is joy. Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city, your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you, we love you, have a blessed day.